This is the Harvest Community Church Podcast with Pastor Michael Jones. And now let's join today's message already in progress. Well, let's get right into the Word of God today. If you have your Bible, let's open them up to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to look at verses 4 through 9. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We ask that you would speak to us through your word, Father, that your Holy Spirit would move in a powerful way, that you would touch each one of us so that we might see Jesus. And in seeing him, Lord, help us to believe on Him, and believing on Him, help us to be saved. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Won't you say amen, amen, and amen. Well, for the past nine years or so, uh, I have gone to the doctor on a regular basis. That has not always been my practice. But now I go and see my primary care physician and my cardiologist on a regular basis. And I can just about uh, predict what will happen each time I go to the doctor. I'll go to the office. I'll sign in. I'll sit in the waiting room for about 15 or 20 minutes. The nurse will open a door and call my name, Mr. Jones. I'll go into uh, a little hallway. And doesn't matter which office I'm in, the first thing they do is put me on a scale. I end up weighing a little bit more than I want to weigh each time. And so they'll walk me down to another room where I'll wait for the doctor. Well, while I'm waiting for the doctor, normally there's a nurse practitioner that will come in. She'll put a little cuff on my arm and then she'll take my blood pressure and get a reading from my blood pressure. Then sometimes, the last few times, they've taken my temperature. And then uh, I'll wait for the doctor to come in. But... uh, Uh, While I'm waiting, that same nurse practitioner will pull out a chart with my medical history and all things that have been going on uh, in my body. And then she'll make note of some things and then give that to the doctor when he comes in. Well, normally when he or she comes in, they'll put the stethoscope on the front of my chest and tell me to breathe in, hold it, and then breathe out. Then they'll put it on my back and tell me to take a deep breath. And then they'll say, breathe normally. They want to know if there's some things going on internally in my body that they can't see. Well, both my my cardiologist and my primary care physician normally end my appointment with the same two questions. 
I don't know if they talk to one another, but they both ask the same two questions. The first question is always, Mr. Jones, how have you been feeling? And they'll wait for a response. Normally I say, well, I've been feeling just fine. If there has been something that's ailed me, I'll tell them what has been the, the problem has been. But they always open with, how have you been feeling? And then right after that, they follow up with the next question. Mr. Jones, have there been any significant changes since the last time I've seen you? Has there been any significant changes? I normally ask, well, what do you mean? Well, tell me how you've been sleeping. Tell me how you've been eating. Tell me about your moods. Tell me about your thinking. Just have there been any significant changes in your body and in your life since the last we met? Well, I thought about that. And I thought about those appointments that I had with my cardiologist and my primary care physician. And I thought about that with regard to us meeting with God. I believe that God has some vital signs with regard to our spiritual life that we need to pay attention to. I think for many of us, we're not aware that there are some things going on internally that we may not know about at all. It's not anything new. Uh, the psalmist, one of the psalm writers in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, put it this way. He said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and test me and know my thoughts and see if there is any hurtful way in me. The psalmist had enough sense to know that he was not equipped enough to do self-diagnosis. I know from personal experience that self-diagnosis can kill you. But God wants to know what's going on in the inside. We've got a lot going on, men and women. The world is in turmoil. Things have been happening that have never happened before. Uh, yes, there are some things that have gone on over and over and over again, but who would have ever thought four or five months ago that we'd be living in a pandemic? And I know that during this time, I've had people call me and say, well, Pastor Mike, I know this is on the phone, but could I just <laughs> take a seat on your couch for a minute? Can you just talk me down? I've had other people ask, look, Pastor Mike, can you talk me down off the ledge? I just feel like I'm going to lose my mind. Or, Pastor Mike, I'm just tired. I'm exhausted and frustrated. Can you give me a word for the times? One of the things I've been telling folks is that regardless of what's happening out there, our job description has not changed. We're to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. But God wants us to take a spiritual checkup. And for the next few moments, I want to talk on this subject, a spiritual checkup during stressful times. A spiritual checkup during stressful times. I remember uh, the last time I had a heart attack, I avoided taking a stress test. My cardiologist uh, recommended that I take a stress test and I never got around to the clinic to take the test. I did not realize that there were some things going on in my heart that I had no idea was there. And if I would have taken that stress test, maybe I would have known ahead of time that there were some issues in my body. Well, I think God wants us to know the same. And in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9, it's not an exhaustive list. It's not the only things that you need to check. 
But I think there are some important things that we need to check in our spiritual life to see whether or not there is a hurtful way inside of us. Whether or not there are some things that we need to give attention to in our hearts and in our spirits. Four things. Point number one. Point number one is, how is your praise life? Verse four says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. We don't rejoice in our circumstances or rejoice in what's going on in the world, but we can rejoice in the Lord. And he says to do it all the time. Rejoice in the Lord always. And he says, and again, if you forget, again, I say rejoice. You know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, joy is something that is so important that the Scriptures say that Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness. Or the oil of joy. Joy is so important. And we get that joy through praise. Psalm 121 verse 1 says, I look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The psalmist looked to the hills because that's where the enemy was. He looked to the hills because the hills was a place that he would have to go as he traveled to Jerusalem for worship. And and he says, in that difficult time, in that difficult journey that I'm on, I look to the hills. Where's my help going to come from? And he answers his own question. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Psalm 46 verse 1 says uh, this. It says, God is our refuse and strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. Our very own Latasha Tony mentioned that a couple of weeks ago as one of her favorite verses. The Lord is our refuge. The Lord is our strength. And he is a very present help in the time of trouble. Latasha reminded us he's not a yesterday help or a tomorrow help. He's a very present help. And then in Psalm 119, verse 164, the psalmist writes, I praise the Lord seven times a day. You get the idea that he lived a life with continuous praise. And men and women, as a spiritual checkup, the first thing is, how's your praise life? How's your praise life? I'm not talking about your public praise right now. I'm talking about your private, personal praise. Where you and God get alone and you just praise God for who He is. You praise God for for His person. You praise God that He's a mighty God. That He's a holy God. That He's a righteous God. That He's a, a compassionate God and a loving God and a giving God. That He is the God of the universe. That there is no God besides Him. There is so much to praise Him for. The hymn writer said, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise. How is your praise life? But point number two is, how is your prayer life? Look at verses 6 and 7 where it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in prayer. Be anxious for nothing, but in prayer. Men and women, you cannot worry and pray at the same time. You cannot give up all of your issues and all of your experiences, all of the things that are troubling you, give them up to God and give them up to worry at the same time. Those two things cannot occupy the same space. And so we have got to pray. And if we don't pray, we're given to worry. We're given to doubt. We're given to stress. We've got to pray. 
And then it says, uh, supplication with thanksgiving. That our prayers and giving thanks need to go hand in hand. Thanksgiving is a vital part of your prayer life. And then it goes on to say that we're to make our requests known unto God. Can I give you a, a, a suggestion? Stop thinking your prayers and pray out loud with your voice. I think there is power in the spoken word. I think there is power in us voicing our prayers. I know that it's okay to think your prayers and to have your prayer from within. That is fine. This is just a suggestion. I believe that prayers need to be uttered. I believe there is power in hearing yourself pray and, and voicing God's sufficiency and voicing who He is. Our prayer lives are so important that our very Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, used prayer as a vital priority of His life. Just I, I also challenge you to do this. Look in the Gospel of Luke and study the prayer life of Jesus. What you'll find is, in Luke chapter 3, Jesus prayed at His baptism. What you'll find is, in Luke chapter 5, Jesus withdrew to a desolate place to pray all by Himself. In Luke chapter 6, it says He prays all night long, right before the next morning, when He has to choose His apostles. In Luke chapter 9, He was praying right before He asked His disciples, Who do men say that I am? Also in Luke chapter 9, he prays on the Mount of Transfiguration. In Luke chapter 11, his disciples ask, Lord, teach us how to pray. Evidently, they were so intrigued and they were so impressed by the prayer life of Jesus, they said, Jesus, we want to learn how to pray the way you pray. And then in Luke chapter 22, Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane right before he gets arrested in order to go to the cross. And then while he's hanging on the cross, he prays for you and he prays for me. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. But his prayer life doesn't stop there. He is risen from the dead. And Hebrews chapter 7 says, Now he lives to make intercession for us. Everything begins and ends with prayer. You can know what the spiritual health is, what your spiritual health is, based on your prayer life. So how is your praise life? How is your prayer life? But point number three is, how is your perspective on life? How is your perspective on life? Look down at verse 8. It says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is anything virtuous, anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Notice what things he wants us to meditate on. Things that are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report, virtuous, and praiseworthy. All positive things. Can I give you a word? Beware of the amount of intake into your life, into your mind, of news, media, reports about what is going on in the world. Beware of the amount of Facebook. Beware of the amount of Instagram. Beware of the amount of Twitter. Beware of the amount of listening to voices that are not God. Beware of listening to your own voice. Because sometimes we can be racked with, with anger and frustration and uh, rage and unforgiveness and bitterness and all of those things. 
But God says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, if there's anything virtuous, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditation is so important, men and women. We've got to meditate on the Word of God. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Our transformation is when our minds are renewed. And our daily intake of God's Word and our daily intake of His sufficiency is so important. I wish I could give the person credit. I don't know who wrote this, but there's a, there's a quote And it says this, The importance of biblical meditation. Exchanging our thoughts for God's thoughts. The most important activity God gives us is not soul winning. It's not church work. It is not missions. It is seeking the face of God through meditation on the scriptures. God wants our thoughts to be His thoughts so that our actions will be in line with His actions. And meditation on Scripture is simply exchanging our faulty thoughts and our faulty beliefs for the truths of God's Word. Listen, our minds are so important. And it could be that you're unhealthy and I am unhealthy spiritually because our minds have been flooded. Our minds have been flooded with negativity. Listen, God is still God and He is still on the throne. And we need to be aware of the amount of intake. The other thing I want to challenge you to is this. I challenge you minute for minute. I challenge you to spend as much time in the Word as your intake of news and media. I challenge you that if you spend 30 minutes watching the news on television, that you would spend an equal 30 minutes in the Word of God. I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to say, if I watch the news then I'm going to get into my Word with an equal amount of time. Because whatever I think on affects my spirit. And the Word of God says, He will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed upon Him. How is your praise life? How is your prayer life? How is your perspective on life? And point number four is simply this. What is your practice in life? What is your regular practice? What are the things you do? Analyze the things that are going on. Have you find, found yourself going back to sin? Have you found yourself in bondage to things that you used to do? Thoughts that you used to have? Habits that, that racked you back even before you became a Christian? Have you seen your life go spiraling out of control? Have you seen during this time you're so stressed out that you're eating everything that you see? Have you found that you are not eating at all and not taking care of yourself physically? Have you found that you can't get out of bed? That you all you want to do is sleep and all you want to do is rest? Or are, are you an insomniac? Have you found that lately you can't go to sleep and get rest at all? What's going on? You see... Paul, when he writes verse 9, the things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. What he is saying is, Philippians, there is some observable, measurable, practical activity that you saw me participate in. And I want you to do the same thing. 
He says the things that you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. He says if you want to know how to live the Christian life, look at me. Look at me. You've seen me live the Christian life and I want you to adopt my lifestyle of obedience. In a word, it is obedience. And when there is obedience, there is peace. When there is obedience, we experience the fullness of God. When we experience obedience and do what He says, we find God's pleasure. Men and women, you can know where you are spiritually by whether or not you are obeying God and practicing what you know to do. James chapter 1 verse 22 says, Do not be hearers of the word only and not doers of the word and so deceive yourself. Men and women, the scripture says, if we hear the word and we've heard it and we know it in our heads and we don't do it, we have been deceived. The word of God is not just to know in your head. The word of God is for us to live out, for us to practically obey God. And so these four areas, like I said before, they're not exhaustive, but they are four very, very good examining uh, tools where we can kind of see what the vital signs are in our spiritual life. How is our praise life? How is our prayer life? How is our perspective on life? And then lastly, uh, uh, what is our practice? What are we doing? Now there is a foundation. And I want to close with the foundation. It really is an umbrella for the whole thing. It really encompasses the two questions, how have you been doing and Has there been any drastic changes since last we've seen one another? And that's Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. You see, Paul writes about Jesus being a servant. Him leaving heaven and coming down and becoming a man and taking the form of a bondservant and becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And then he picks up in verse 9 by saying, Therefore... Therefore God has highly exalted Him and given Him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. You see, therefore God has highly exalted Him and given Him the name that is above every name. Men and women, I am so excited that Jesus' name is above COVID-19, that Jesus' name is above the pandemic. That Jesus' name is above racial strife. That Jesus' name is above the criminal justice system. That Jesus' name is above police brutality. That at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow of those on heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. That the name of Jesus has been exalted. Therefore, God has highly exalted Jesus and given Him a name that is above every name. There is nothing that you can experience in your life. There is nothing that I can experience in my life that is above the name of Jesus. That therefore God has highly exalted Him and given Him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. There are two things that are going to be true about everything that has ever been created. There are two things that you can rest assured of. 
There are two things that are bottom line things that cannot be changed. Number one is that every knee is going to bow to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the other thing that is that every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The Lordship of Jesus. And there are only two categories of people, but one prescription. There's only two categories of people, but one medicine. There's only two categories of people. There are only two conditions that you can find yourself in. Either saved or unsaved. Saved, He is Lord. Unsaved, He is still Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord over all. And men and women, during all of that we're experiencing, I give Him praise because He's Lord. I pray to Him because He's Lord. My perspective is positive because He is Lord. I will practice obedience because He is Lord. Men and women, I commit Him to you. He's the only Savior I know. He's all I can lean on during these very, very traumatic and stressful times. He is Lord. To the glory of God the Father, He is Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Spiritual checkup during stressful times. Are you well? How are you doing? Has there anything that has drastically changed since last we saw one another? I pray for your health as I hope you would pray for mine. In Jesus' name. 